Is it possible to be born into a body that does not correlate with your gender identity? Many believe that it is and that it is possible to transcend your biological gender. That's what we'll be discussing today on Christ, Culture, and God. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, you're listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and we are back finishing up our Pride Month series for the month of June. Yes, today we're going to be talking about transgenderism and um, just a lot of a lot of things that go with that and um, yeah. what it is and um, what it can and can't do and uh, the danger that actually it brings to people uh, who who go through it. So, kind of a serious topic for the day. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're really looking forward to sharing with you guys what we've uh, what we've researched and what mm-hmm. we've. Uh, studied on this topic and it's it's really sensitive but uh it's important to talk about it it's something that's uh um it's happening in our culture and yeah uh that's that's what um being an apologist is about right uh thinking through uh culture and reality and how it lines up with scripture and i think uh i think this episode's really crucial in that, that that aspect. I think so too. Um, one thing that's been interesting as we've done this uh, series is a lot of people have been giving so much positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, we were looking at emails and Instagram um, you know, messages sent, Facebook messages that were sent. Yeah. Uh, so many people are saying, you know, the stuff we've been talking about has really been helping them and beneficial. So uh, we just, right. it, it's encouraging for us to hear from people well, and to see that, but it's also good to know that we're, we're actually helping. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, just this topic in particular has been, um, has been uh, been really blowing up a bit. Our our very, I believe it was our first or our second uh, podcast for the Pride Month series that we've been going through. It it really spiked up in listens and downloads by uh, by our listeners by you guys, uh, and so that tells us it, it was kind of crazy. It was actually like a record for how fast that people have been listening to this uh, this series. So uh, within a short per- shorter period of time, so that's kind of exciting. It just seems like this content is uh, um, really interesting, yeah, intriguing Yeah, I mean, this is where culture's at, right? It is, we we yeah. have to talk about these things, so. Yeah, and so uh, just, yeah, we hope that this is going to keep being be- more beneficial to you guys. And again, e- even after this episode or past podcasts in this series, that um, if you had any questions or wanted to learn more about the content that we talk about, please uh, go ahead and send us a message about that. Definitely. Right. Well, before we get into talking about uh, transgenderism, we do want to start out with a coffee tip. Uh, and this coffee tip was actually sent in by one of our friends out in Philadelphia, a listener. And uh, he, he gave a really cool recipe, actually a great kind of coffee that I've had in multiple places. It's called a Vietnamese coffee. Um, one of the right. best places I ever had this actually was in San Diego at this little coffee shop called The Living Room. Okay. It was unbelievable. Um, basically, what it is is you get um, some some sweetened condensed milk. You buy it in a can. Have you ever bought that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I have, it's actually. such a weird – yeah. A lot of times you put it in like uh, desserts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this it's this sweetened condensed milk. Uh, you can find it at any supermarket. And um, what you do is you put about a tablespoon and you mix it in with about six ounces of dark roast coffee. Uh, and it makes this really sweet, creamy um, coffee drink that is just amazing. Um, I, I like them iced uh, best. Mm. So what you'd want to do is you'd want to make it hot because you want the sweetened condensed milk to, to oh, melt yeah, in it. Yeah. So make it hot and then mix it in, stir it up, and then dump it over some ice. Um, man, it is just such a good coffee. I Vietnamese coffee. Yeah, I mean, easy yeah. to make at home, but man, the ice one's super refreshing. Now again, this is if you like a sweet, you know, this is kind of a sweet yeah, drink, yeah. Um, but it is really good. Make sure, though, to use some kind of a dark roast of coffee just so you get that really strong coffee flavor to come through mm-hmm. all the sweetness. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, l- great, great, great recipe uh, that you guys should definitely try out this summer as it's getting hot. Yeah, that's awesome. Great Iced coffee Vietnamese, tip. yep. Yeah, thanks for that coffee tip, um, our listener out in Philadelphia. Um well, let's dive into the content, Tyler. Yes, let's um, get into this. Yeah, so when, when we're talking about transgenderism, the, fir- the first thing as Christians we want to lead with is we want people to know that Christianity stands for people being who they truly are. 
mm-hmm. right? That's a big deal. Jesus is all about human beings being who they really are on the inside. The question is, who are we, right? Mm. What were we designed to be? What were we made to be? What is the full expression of being a human being? And that that's what we want to look at, right? Is it whatever you feel you are, or whatever you will you are, or whatever you believe to, is true, or is there an actual reality out there that all of us need to conform to? Uh, the truth is out there, right? Versus the truth is in here, in yeah. me. Um, and that's that's where we would differ from a lot of um, uh, different beliefs in our culture. And it, it's it's similar when it comes to transgenderism. So we, we want to start off with talking about, you know, what is transgenderism, just to, so we can get kind of a basic view of what it is. And then we'll get into um, what it seeks to do, and um, what it can't do and what the dangers are of, of seeking out a transgender lifestyle. Yes. So right. when it comes to transgenderism, and, and I, think, I think most people know this, um, but the idea is that a transgender person believes that their physical gender, right, their biological gender, does not match their gender identity. Now, gender identity is the gender that they perceive themselves to be internally, Mm-hmm. You've heard it said, you know, I'm a, I'm a man, but I, on the inside, I feel like I'm a woman. I'm a woman trapped inside of a man's body. There's this disconnect, yeah. right, with their gender they identify as and their body. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's 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 what, what where it stems from. That's 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 what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's good. It's just uh, kind of a general overview, but that's pretty much it, and vice versa. Yeah, and most people would know, yeah, they would know that this is what it is. Now, the thing that a lot of people kind of gloss over, and I think it's really important for us as believers, is that this disconnect between gender identity and their biological gender brings tremendous turmoil. This is hard on people, right? Yep. It brings agony and angst into their life. I've read so many... Um, um, uh, biographies of, of transgender people. So, and, and, and they describe this process of feeling this way as agonizing and uh, sorrowful and many you know, hours of therapy and countless tears. And mm. as Christians, I think we, we need to understand that there's a huge inner, inner turmoil and pain that's going on with people dealing with transgenderism. And yeah, that, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. It's it's hard to think about, but it's it's just if you put yourself in their their position and yeah. thinking, if you woke up one day and you th- genuinely like believed that you were trapped in the wrong body, mm-hmm. that that would. I mean, I, I think that'd be a little terrifying. I mean, it's, it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd if, bring if that, turmoil. That truly is happening to you. That's that's yeah. Of course it would. That's terrifying. And and, so that's, and this is yeah. this is the thing. Now, I disagree that your gender identity yeah. is different from your biological sex, right? Yes. But we have to admit the turmoil they're feeling. They really are feeling pain. Yeah, it's not like it's not like they just wake up one day and they just decide, you know what, I, I want to be the no. opposite gender. It's, it's something no. that it's a, really a process, and it's, yep. it's something that's been going on internally with them. For, yep, for and, 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 and we need to recognize that people are in pain. Yeah. Right. Based on a lie they're believing for sure. But we can't say they're not feeling inner turmoil. And, and, and that's where we need to move to empathize. Right. That's that this inner turmoil should be something that we want to help alleviate, too. Now, we would say the alleviation of this is the gospel, right, of Jesus coming in and him giving you your true identity and believing in who you really were yeah. made to be. Um, but for, for the transgender person, their solution to stop inner turmoil, all right? Now, that's important. What are they seeking to do? I want to stop living a lie. I want to stop feeling mm-hmm. this inner pain. So they seek to become transgender, to transcend their gender by changing their body, by changing their appearance to match their inner belief. Yeah, and just it, not only that, it just appearances in general like gender reassignment surgery yeah her hair yeah. everything yeah yeah that i mean there's there's so many different things they seek to do yeah they grow their hair uh, like you said uh, what what's called gender reassignment surgery it's not but that's what they call right. it that's a good that's and we'll, something we'll, good we'll talk about that but what, what other things do they do um to transcend it? hormone treatments 
Yeah, and then also uh, closed. If you start closed. to see, I, I think I've seen it at least um, in celebrities that have done this. You start to see that they start to embrace that gender identity more. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, like they start to act like that. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start to start to like in the example of a man uh, trying to trans- transfer into a woman. You see that they start to act act more feminine, mm-hmm. even though even though when they believed beforehand they were a transgender. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying about that. It's yeah, they they start to act more as the opposite sex. Yeah, right. right. And they dress like them. They take hormone treatments to change their body to be like them. And that's that's um, this is the method to stop the inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that's the key. Right, this is to put it in Christianese terms. This is salvation to the transgender person. How can I stop the inner turmoil and the pain to live as who I truly am? The answer is yeah. change who your body is, change what your body is, your appearance and your 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 physical makeup, right? Um, change mm-hmm. your your, um, your reproductive organs, take hormone treatments, uh, and that's that's the solution. Yeah, to yeah. to the problem. Uh, that's the approach Bruce Jenner took. You remember in uh, 2015, uh, he came mm-hmm. out to the world and said he was uh, you know a trans woman. Um, I, I got it on his website. Uh, and Caitlyn Jenner's website, and it says um, uh, there's this there's this quote on the homepage. Yeah, and he says, "quote I'm learning every day what it means to live as my true self. I know I've barely scratched the surface. Stay tuned if you want to learn with me." So what 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 he believes is that altering his physical body to match what he felt internally was the answer to becoming his true self. You see that. Yeah. So that's 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 what they're going for. Now what's sad about this is that you cannot truly transcend your gender. Mm, yeah. It's an impossibility. And and this is this is what it really does break my heart because all of their hope is placed on I just got to transcend my gender to be who I really am. But becoming transgender through altering your body and 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 um, altering your appearance can't cure the inner turmoil and bring wholeness. But that's their hope, right? I want to cure this inner turmoil. The sad reality of it is that it can't be done. Yeah, and this is depressing. Uh, this is this is super depressing. But there's a lot of reasons that that a person cannot transcend their gender or truly become. Uh, transgender. Yes, yes, that's important. So we want to look. We want to look into that. Um, the The idea that you can transcend your gender isn't based in reality at all. It's a fantasy. But so many people are putting all their hopes and dreams into it, and that's that's what's difficult. Yeah, it's just it. It's devastating too because when you think that you can do something and you try it, but in reality, it doesn't give you the end results that you were hoping yeah. for. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, to think of all the mental torment. Mm-hmm. And, and pain that they were already going for through before, and then to get to that point, and to so, realize that it can't be done. Yeah, yeah, it, and so it's more depressing. Yeah, and so let's let's kind of get into some of those details of why this can't be done, sci- just scientifically. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. w- one of the reasons is just chromosomes, right? Right. Men have XY chromosomes in every cell of their body. Women have XX chromosomes, yeah. and these can't be changed with any type of surgery. Yeah, they can't. Or so, so I mean, right there on, on the molecular level, you cannot transcend um, your gender, mm-hmm. right? Another thing is, I mean, just just physical traits of men and women are obviously different, and and this doesn't go with every single woman. You know, some women are bigger, some men are smaller, but generally, men have thicker hands than women. They have broader shoulders than women. They obviously have male reproductive organs, right? Mm-hmm. Men and women are made up differently. Uh, you can't change those things. You, I mean, you, yeah. yeah, you just you can't change those things. Women are physically designed with smaller, thinner hands. Women are designed with wider hips, right? Because they're the ones who have children. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they have um, female reproductive or, organs, including uh, ovaries, right? And it's it's possible for people to um, have surgery done to remove certain reproductive organs, but the hips, the shoulders, the hands, chromosomes, those things can't be changed. And even the reproductive, what they call sex reassignment surgery, right? Mm-hmm. Gender reassignment surgery. It's yeah. not. You don't get no. a functioning um, um, reproductive organ of the opposite sex. Men aren't having ovaries implanted in them and being able to have children, mm. right? Women that transcend transgender to become men 
aren't having male reproductive organs that are operable that can impregnate females. It's yeah. so it's not functioning. It's a cosmetic, um, cheap imitation, but yeah. it's not. It's yeah. not the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you can't do that. So what we call transgender is nothing. Um, it's nothing of the sort. It's yeah. interesting if you you remember um, when Caitlyn Jenner uh, came out as a trans woman. Uh, do you remember uh, Bruce Jenner? Caitlyn Jenner was on um, the cover of Vanity Fair. Do you remember that? Yeah, I I do remember that. Real interesting thing to me, <laughs> the the pose that they put him into. Do you remember this? I, I do. Yeah, this is fascinating. So so Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner is wearing like a I don't know what you call it. Like it's like a lingerie bathing suit type thing. Um, legs crossed, um, kind of, kind of from like the knees up or maybe, maybe the thigh up, uh, long hair, full makeup, right? Very mm-hmm. feminine, um, appearance. But what they did is they, the, the pose is him with his arms and his hands behind his back. Yeah. And, and I thought this was fascinating because, um, you can't change the hands. They look like man hands. If you look at Caitlyn Jenner, look at his hands. They're very manly. Also, by putting your hands behind your back, you're you're thinning your shoulders. So the yeah. photographer knew <laughs> if we're gonna sell this thing, we Let's we need thin, to make you pose a certain way yeah, to hide thin the certain shoulders, masculine. hide the hands. Yeah. yeah, isn't that interesting? And also think about it too. With, with that position, it's more vulnerable. You know, you know. Yeah, sure. More, yeah. And then not only that, it's also probably like just drawing more attention to the breasts, like the chest area, trying oh, to seem more feminine. That, yeah. uh, you know, like there's a number of things with that. It's like, it's just, you're, they're trying to help capture that what's not the reality of the fact is that it's still a man. Yep. And, the, and the photographer knew that. He knew we got we to gotta pose this certain way yeah, or we're yep. not going to be able to sell this. Um, well, I mean, if, if you look at the picture, at the image of the Vanity Fair cover, you can see like like the features look very feminine. Yeah, but that's yeah. because they of how like feminine that pose was. They they just yep. really uh, hid all the like the the hands, just like you said, as best as they could because they're trying to uh, portray this new transformed Bruce Jenner, basically. Yep. Um, so so what we call transgender really isn't. Transgender. I have a quote here yeah. from Dr. Paul McCaw. He's the former psychi- uh, psychiatrist in chief at Johns Hopkins Hospital. He says something interesting. He says, quote, at the heart of the problem is confusion over the nature of the transgendered. Sex change is biologically impossible. People who undergo sex reassignment surgery do not change from men to women or vice versa. Rather, they become feminized men or masculinized women, end quote. Yeah. And that, and that that is very true. Um, no, it is. I've I've read so many reports of ex transgender people. There's this one guy I read, and he was saying how he transitioned to being a woman, and he did everything possible: sex reassignment, surgery, hormone treatment, grew his hair long, clothes, makeup, the whole nine. And he'd go out into public, and he said, "And I was just so jealous of women because I still knew I was not really one of them." Yeah, yeah. It it does. So so sadly, the the person who places their hope in curing inner turmoil by becoming transgender cannot accomplish what they well, set out to do. Well, and, and this is sad. Yeah, and you got to think, too, there's another aspect of that, that that's taken into play is um, uh, these transgender people, they're, they're, also, they're also seeking out desire in the same sex, essentially. Well, well some yeah, of them. And some now, of them. Well, now, this yeah. is interesting, Tyler, because the, the LGBTQ community lumps transgender people in with this kind of sexual preference group. Mm-hmm. But but I don't think that I don't think that transgenderism should even be lumped in with that. It's a whole different no, thing. You're right, you're right. Yeah, and, and again, there's sexual preference within it with different things, but it's it's not based on think about this. Like homosexuality is based on my desire to have sex with people who are of the same sex. Mm-hmm. Transgenderism isn't based on sexual preference. Oh, it's you're right. It's based on identity. Yeah. So it's a little bit mm-hmm. does that make sense? It's it's it it gets lumped in with all this stuff, right, but right. I kinda think it's a different issue. Yeah, that's that's important to to talk about. Uh, my my purpose in bringing that up too, it was mainly to focus on just the aspect of uh, what happens to them after they go through this reconstruction. Because mm. if there's some of, because there are some out there, some of them who might be, be wanting to seek out, uh, like uh, like a 
partner, sure. right? Oh, yeah, sure. I know people who, yes. Yeah, 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 of course. So so that would be like saying that a man tra- trans d- goes through the reassignment surgery and uh, ev- does everything, tries to transform into a woman, mm-hmm. and then they want to pursue a relationship with a man. But mm-hmm. the thing is, uh, the issue that you have there is, is men – like, like it's uncomfortable with that situation because it, it just doesn't work. You know, it's like, like if you're think about it objectively too. If mm-hmm. you are a man, mm-hmm. right? Who uh, would you be a, like interested? In, would you want to go and be with another man? Typically, that's not the case. You, straight men want to go be with an actual woman. They want yeah. the real thing. So then, what's going to happen to these transgenders is when they're having this reassignment and they're going through this process, they get to this place afterwards where they're just seeing like, you know. Like, uh, I mean, I think that that can bring more hopelessness into it, especially if that's what I'm pointing out is like if they're seeking this, they're going to find that uh, that it's it's harder. Oh, man. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Going this route brings so much hopelessness and despair. Yeah, yeah. it's because there's this false salvation that's brought to it. Yeah, it's false hope. It doesn't bring wholeness and it doesn't bring fulfillment. Yeah. And that's what. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly right. And that and that for us should make us that that should compel us to love and to seek out and to befriend people who are struggling with this because they're going through a lot prior to deciding to do it. But then even afterward, as 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 we're going to get into with the statistics that show this is just a sad um, um, false idol. Yeah. That they're really seeking after that does not satisfy it just disappoints. So, going going through this, one of the things that I think it's interesting for us to ask is, just because we believe something doesn't mean that it's true, and that goes for everybody, right? That goes for everybody. Just because I believe something, the the mere fact that I believe it doesn't make it true. And we've talked about this in the past with our relativism podcasts, um, but but that's a big deal, right? Uh, Sometimes gender identity can sound a lot like religious identity. Yeah. Like, yeah. for instance, Christians believe Jesus Christ is the Messiah, right? I believe it. Mm-hmm. Muslims believe Muhammad is the final prophet, right? Regardless of what Muslims or Christians believe, Jesus either is or he is not the Messiah. Muhammad yeah. either is the final prophet or he's not. But their beliefs don't create reality. Does that make sense? Beliefs are supposed to conform to reality. So there's true or false things that just kind of exist out there. And it's it's similar with a person, uh, with their gender. Either a person is a man or they are not. Regardless of what anyone, including that person, believes about themselves. Yeah. Does this make sense? So, Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's a struggle that I've had with with the transgender movement is that I need I need people who are activists for this that are advocating this to explain why transgender beliefs determine reality. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it, like it does. like usually reality should inform what I believe in. Mm-hmm. But in this case it's no what their belief is makes it real. And yeah, that is a relativism that I'm just very uncomfortable with anybody making in yeah. anything, right? Our beliefs don't make things real. We believe in things that are real. That's that's how right. it should work. Yeah, and you can uh, – we talked about this on a whole other podcast too just about relativism in it. But it's true. It really does play into that. It's just yeah. what – how do I perceive reality? Yeah. That's, that's, well, what it, that's what it's coming from. And then the really interesting part of it is if gender identity is self-created, right? Mm-hmm. Like a person says internally, this is how I think and feel. If it's self-created, why do other people have to accept it as if it is reality? You see, that's <laughs> that's the tricky part. That's that's where that's where it becomes a, like a real, I think, a f- philosophical issue is when you're you're yeah. you're implying that reality is whatever you want it to believe, believe except for when other people. Don't believe that, what yeah, I don't think. Yeah, don't believe why. I think. Yeah. yeah. So it's and see, and that's and that's that's the problem that that's going on with this is if 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 you want to be accepting, you need to play along with a fantasy that other people want to become a reality. Well, yeah, and, and that's the, the thing. thing. Even yeah. if everybody pretended it, it wouldn't make it real. Yeah, right. That's that's the other case. You gotta you gotta think about it the other way around. If if you approach someone who doesn't think who believes that this is a fantasy, I mean, mm-hmm. which we, we would say that it is, then yeah. you would have to agree and you would have to a- a- advocate or at least at least allow them 
to to believe that you are that they can. I mean, let them be against it. You know what I'm saying? So you can, yeah, from if, their perspective, if, if they if, have to allow us to be against it. Well, yeah, happens. but that's the <clears throat> that's the tricky thing with relativism. Yeah. Is the whole belief is whatever you believe is true. But the problem becomes that doesn't work in reality because yes, when we have conflicting yes. beliefs, people don't want to admit my beliefs are just as true as theirs. Yeah, so when people the, say whatever you think is true is good for you, really what they're saying is whatever you think is true for you is good for you as long as you agree with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's yeah, not good for you know that's not good, and that's why I would say that's that's not we don't create truth we discover truth. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. really important here when it comes to this debate. Well, let's get into um, the, kind mm. of the medical opinion of what's going on with the transgender person. Um, the, the DSM, right, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, and this is from the DSM-5. Um, it's, it's what psychiatrists use for diagnosing um, mental disorders. Um, they refer to transgenderism as gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria. And it says, quote, uh, gender dysphoria is a marked incongruence between one's experience, expressed gender, and assigned gender. And that's what we said um, was was what transgenderism is. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's if it's the. Yeah, and it, a marked incongruence between one's experience or expressed gender, internal, and their assigned gender, their external biological gender. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, um, this is interesting to me, and this is kind of a side note, but when you look at the DSM-4, the manual number four, uh, when it talked about gender dysphoria, it was actually called gender identity disorder uh, mm. instead of gender dysphoria. And the older definition stated that anyone who persistently manifests an incongruence between biological sex and experienced gender has this disorder. So notice something here I think is important. The older manual used the term biological sex. The newer DSM uses the term assigned gender. Now this is a side note, but I think it's important to point out when, when terms are changed, we need to think about them. And I have heard the term you know, assigned gender, sex assigned at birth, those words a ton, right? Mm. You hear doctors use them all the time. And, and you can come to believe that what they're saying, what the, t the term they're using is an accurate term. Yeah. But let's stop and think about this. It used to say biological gender. I definitely know what that means. Mm -hmm. Now it says assigned gender. So let's talk about this, this term assigned yeah, gender yeah. or sex assigned at birth. Um, when, when a baby is properly developing in the womb of their mom, the sex of the baby is easily discernible prior to birth. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, so well, sex assigned at birth, yeah. wait a second here. What's with the deal with all these gender reveal parties? Because those all happen before say. birth. That's right. Yeah, right? gender reveal parties. Right. <laughs> we 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 find out, and it's all like a big party and celebration yeah. when we discover the gender, and that happens before birth. That happens before yeah. birth through ultrasounds, right? Right. So this idea of assigned at birth. Well, it, sex isn't assigned at birth because we know what it is way prior to birth, and then people get these, you know. Um, yeah. these, these, what are they called? Like these bombs that have all this like blue dust in them or yeah, pink or dust pink. in them. Or I've seen people, you know, taking shotguns and shooting th something that sprays the yeah, color. Yeah, I've seen that before. They open something with paint or balloons or right, whatever, because we can know what the gender is prior to birth. Yeah, we can know yeah. what the biological sex is prior to birth, right? So it's not assigned at birth. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting is the word assigned. Who's assigning it? I think they would claim the doctor, right? But I, I guess, yeah. At, I, I'm just at thinking sex like, assigned at birth. Who's assigning it? But yeah, that's the doctor. Not even, but how is the doctor assigning it if that's your argument? It's just too? based on how he feels that day. I feel like this is a girl. No. I feel like this is the boy. And I'm assigning gender upon you. Is that how it works? No. How does it work? It works because the, they already know the gender before the baby's born. Yeah, and let's and, but let's say they don't. Let's okay, say, okay, let's say let's they, say let's, let's pretend they didn't get ultrasounds. They right, want right, to be right. surprised. Let's, they don't know. The baby comes out, and then is 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 this how it works? Where a doctor says, uh, "I'm just going <laughs> to arbitrarily pick you are a." No, you can look at their reproductive organs <laughs> and immediately yeah. tell. Okay, like this is a boy or it's a girl. So maybe we shouldn't say assigned at birth, but maybe 
recognized at recognized birth? Recognized at birth. That's, Discovered that's, at birth? Yeah. Nobody's assigning gender. The, the gender recognized at birth. I, I think that, that that's more fitting to this. Yeah, that, that's what reality dictates. No doctor just arbitrarily chooses what he wants. They look at what the, this being is, yeah. and then yeah. they say male or female. It's a boy or it's a girl. Not, I want it to be assigned to be a girl, right? Because sometimes with this sex assigned at birth thing, people can say, well, they got the assignment wrong. Mm. Well, well, nobody was assigning anything, right? So I just, I wanted to point out, even yeah, within the, yeah. the DSM, these terms get smuggled in that are inaccurate. And we just, we need to be alert to it. We need to think through what's, what's being said here. All that to say, um, the American Psychiatric Association says that transgenderism is a mental disorder. Hmm. I I want people to see that, that it's still in the books. It's recorded as a mental disorder, meaning what they think or feel internally doesn't match reality. I actually, I I learned about that in a psychology class in college. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now, but but the culture is right. trying to say no. What they believe is reality, and we should make reality conform to what they feel on the inside. Mm. Isn't that that's the tactic? That's the it hope. Is. It is. Yeah. And so this is this is um this is something that I don't understand. Why are so many people treating what we recognize as a mental disorder with physical surgery? Yeah. It's 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 pretty interesting too, like when you think of it that way, because we even mentioned it before. You don't uh, you don't take someone who's struggling with an e- eating disorder and and give them give them surgery to like make them skinny or like yeah them weight, you know yeah it's, for an anorexic right what, what's yeah. an what's an, like let's just say what what is an anorexic girl or a boy right an anorexic person is somebody who believes internally that they are morbidly obese and that yeah. they need to lose weight because they are way way too yeah, fat yeah but they could weigh 85 pounds and be starving to death in reality mm-hmm. but internally they believe something that's false about reality yeah. and we don't say you know what we should do with an anorexic let's give them liposuction because yeah, that'll help right. them. We'll give them what their inner belief dictates. No way. That would be abusive. That would be horrendous to somebody. What? It's damaging to their bodies, and it's they and don't have the fat to lose. Yeah. yeah, you're encouraging them to believe in a lie. Yeah, it's it's similar with transgenderism. A mm-hmm. person says, "I feel internally I'm this, and I want you to cut off my reproductive organs in order to make m- my body match." What I feel like I'm on the inside. Yeah, we don't yeah. do that with other mental disorders. No, we don't. There's this other. There's this other really interesting mental disorder. Um, it's called body integrity identity disorder. B I I D. This is a disorder where a person believes that their physical body does not match the way that they internally feel they should look. Those suffering with this want to amputate healthy limbs in order to correspond to their inner feeling. So they feel like they don't – internally they, they don't have a right arm or a left hand or a right big toe, right? They feel like this. This is a real mental disorder. And they want these healthy body parts amputated. Well, guess what? Doctors won't do it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because their inner perception – is unhealthy. It's not the reality that's wrong. It's how they're thinking about reality that's wrong. Yeah. But when it comes to your sexual organs, we'll cut that off. It's it, it, like yeah. this, it's kind of lunacy to me. It, it's abusive. It's horrendous it to is, do this to is. human beings. And well, and doctors it's, it's should. It's dangerous. It is dangerous. Oh, and and I I thought doctors were about helping people gain um, health, not helping amputate healthy body parts yeah does that make sense i thought it was well, about getting back actually, to what should be not yeah, amputating yeah. healthy well body that's really parts. what's happening during uh sex reassignment surgery it's the same yes. thing is amputating a limb or it's, it's a body part and there's no yeah, going back you yeah. can't you can't put that back together yeah right and that's what says so it's kind of a once for all thing that can't be uh that can't be reversed yeah and so, so if they have regrets later it you can't do anything about it like that's devastating. Yes, exactly. And that's where it gets dangerous. I, I have this quote here I want to read um, from, from this lady. Her name's Carrie. She was a woman. She transitioned to being a man, and then she actually detransitioned back. 
Um, and as she said this, this is, this is from uh, Ryan T. Anderson's book, When Harry Became Sally. Uh, great book if you if you want to read up more on the transgender issue. A phenomenal book. I mean, just brilliant. Ryan Anderson is just super smart when it comes to this issue. Um, but but this is what Carrie said. When I was transitioning, no one in the medical or psychological field ever tried to dissuade me, to offer other options, to do really anything to stop me besides tell me I should wait till I was eighteen. I want to ask you. How many other medical conditions are there where you can walk into the doctor's office, tell them that you have a certain condition which has no objective test, which can be caused by trauma or mental health issues or societal factors, and receive life-altering medications on your say-so? That is crazy. Like, you can't go get get um, crazy medication or really powerful medication just by saying, yeah, this is how I feel on the inside, and there's no test to see if anything is really going on. Yeah. But when it comes to the transgenderism, uh, we can. You can just go in and say, "This is I've assessed myself internally, I feel like this, and then you can get life-altering medication, hormone treatments that really alter you to the point of, of killing your reproductive system, and, and you, can't, you can't go back. Yeah, it's, it's devastating. It is, yeah. but th- but this is what we're doing to people in our society in the name of love and acceptance and tolerance. Uh, this this doesn't seem very loving to me, and that that's where we get into that that living out gender dysphoria is very very dangerous for people. It's very well, very unhealthy. Yeah, and that's another thing about about it not not sounding very loving. Telling people that they're living in a lie that they're doing something to themselves that's harming them and the conflict that you seek out of that that comes out of that is loving mm-hmm. <laughs> not the the ignoring the issue or encouraging the, the problem no. at hand that that's that's not the loving thing to do what's loving is to help someone yep. when they're in that position and not just to accept them just because they they say that that's what they are yep Exactly. Yeah. We've got some statistics here on why uh, transgenderism is dangerous. Living out gender dysphoria is dangerous. Tyler, you want to go and, ahead and read some of those? Yeah, sure. Um, so two-thirds of transgender people suffer from multiple psychological disorders such as phobias and depression. Think about that. Two-thirds. Mm. Two-thirds of people who suffer uh who who deal with transgenderism or gender dysphoria have other psychological disorders they're dealing right. with something something mentally isn't healthy uh about people in this state yeah yeah that's it's right? terrible and then it, it goes on with that too i mean the depression and phobias go down further with mental disorder and 41 this statistic is this this breaks my heart this is terrible yeah 41 percent of transgender men and women have attempted suicide that 41%. is crazy. 41% of transgender men and women have attempted suicide. Yeah, and this, the part about this statistic that's even more horrific is when you consider that the attempted suicide rate among the general population is only 1.6%. So one, Okay, so 1.6% of the general population attempts suicide. Yeah. But when you come to the transgender community, 41% have attempted suicide. Have attempted yeah. There, see, th- this should make us say there's something unhealthy bad. about this behavior. There's something not good going on here. Um, yeah, 1.6% of the general population, 41% of the transgender population. What is it about this lifestyle that makes almost half of the people attempt to kill themselves? Yeah. See, this is sad, and, and and this has been recognized not not just by the Christian world, but by the secular world. Right? There's there's a lot of attempts to help people that have, are transgender not commit suicide because it is so common. And this should, as Christians, should break our hearts. We do not want people to be destroyed. We do not want people to die. We do not want people to kill themselves. We want people to live for eternity with the Lord, but also to have an abundant life and a good relationship here with them, operating as they should, um, operating out of who they are, made in God's image and likeness. This is so sad. Um, I want to share a story about a man uh, named Mike Penner, 
Uh, some of you listeners might have heard of him. Mike was a sports writer mm-hmm. for the L.A. Times. Uh, he was married to another sports writer, Lisa. And um, in, in late April of 2007, Mike wrote an article for the L.A. Times entitled Old Mike, New Christine. Now, in this article, um, Mike explained that he was going to assume a female identity and become Christine. He was going to transition, right? Now, listen, based on what we've talked about in, with transgenderism, listen to this. Mike said that this decision came after a million tears and hundreds of hours of soul-wrenching therapy. Do you hear the turmoil? You, you hear the yeah. pain? It's not, a, it's not an overnight decision he made. No. He really struggled with this, okay? He was hurting. He was in pain. He described remaining as a man as heartache and unbearable discomfort and the idea of becoming a woman promised joy and fulfillment. All right? All right. So yeah, he's in... Uh, He's in um, L.A., right? Mm-hmm. California, very open to to the LGBT community. Um, the L.A. Times allowed him to keep his job. He he's celebrated as being very brave, and um, he he starts to actually go to all of these LGBTQ um, benefits, and he's a, kind of a spokesperson for them. Um, two weeks after he wrote this article, his wife divorced him, right? Obviously, yeah. Right. So, so she's hurt through this. She files for divorce. But Mike or Christine uh, begins going through everything he can. Right? He's he's wearing wigs. He's buying jewelry, buying feminine clothes, shoes. He gets electrolysis to remove facial hair permanently. He starts taking hormones. Um, everything he can do to transition. Right. Mm, yeah. Over that first year. Over that first year of, of transitioning, he becomes disillusioned with being transgender. Think about it. It didn't even yeah. take a year, and he becomes disillusioned with it. He tell he told a local uh, uh, he told a um, a mutual um, transsexual friend named Amy that he'd ruined his marriage and he'd made a mess of his life. He then stopped taking the hormones. He began getting rid of all of his wigs and clothes and jewelry, donating them, giving them to friends. And in a matter of a couple of months, the whole female identity was gone. And uh, he actually began hunting down pictures of him as a woman that were on the internet and, and getting them erased and, and telling people they had to take them down. Mm. And a year, one year after the article proclaiming he was transitioning into a woman, Mike Penner returned to work as a man, writing under his male name, Mike Penner, and disassoci- disassociating himself from the trans community altogether. See, this, yeah. he, he became so disillusioned with it. He realized it did not bring the fulfillment that he was looking for. Yeah. It didn't help with the yeah. inner turmoil. It, yeah, just, it brought terrible. more turmoil. Now, sadly, on November 7th, 27th, November 27th, 2009, um, Mike Penner's neighbors found him dead in his car after committing suicide mm-hmm. uh, by breathing in the fumes from his exhaust of his car. And this should break our hearts as Christians. And sadly, this is a common transgender story. Yeah. People, they're, they're, they put their hope in this functional savior of transgenderism, of transitioning to the opposite gender. And then when they attempt it, they realize it doesn't fulfill and it didn't do what they'd hoped. But after that, wh- what do you got? Where, where is there to turn to, right? You've done everything. And to be honest, they're willing to sacrifice a lot in order to stop this inner turmoil. Yeah. Surgeries, yeah. hormone treatments, um, um, disassociating themselves from, from friends and family. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it's just not loving, I, I think, to encourage people to seek this out. Because we, we can see the damages that's done. I mean, back to that statistic again 41 percent suicide rate that I mean and Mike Penner is an example he is a part of that statistic yeah. uh, and that's just it, it's sad it's devastating we don't like, like look we don't want people dying we don't want no. people killing themselves that is horrendous that is tragic uh, we want we want to support life we want to be people who uh, who who love others and encourage them to be uh, the person that they mm-hmm. were created to be well and that and that's the that's the thing is that if this was such a healthy good thing to be celebrated why the devastating consequences 
mm. right? It, it, it just is not something that's good for human beings. Yeah. But, our, but our culture celebrates it as if this is, this is so great and liberating to people when actually it's enslaving and it's harmful to people. Um, I, I had a, um, I, 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 I did a transgender talk up at uh, a winter camp here in Arizona in January. And um, after I was done, this, this sweet 15-year-old girl, she came up to me, and she definitely disagreed with what I said. Um, and she was shaking. And I don't know if it's because she was mad or because she was nervous to talk to me. But I told her, I said, listen, we can disagree with each other and still be nice to each other. So mm. don't worry. I'm not, I'm not going to be mean to you. But one of the things she said to me is she said, you went through all these statistics showing how uh, damaging living out uh, transgenderism is, but you didn't go through any stats showing how it helps people and, and makes them have a happier life. And I just looked at her and I said, I don't know where those stats are. Like, I haven't found any stats that talk about how this mm. leads to human flourishing. I've only found stats that talk about how this isn't good for human beings. Yeah. You know? right. And I think I, I asked her, I said, do you know where any of these statistics are? Do you, I mean, because I'm willing, I really am, I'm willing to look. Do you know where these are at, where I can find them, where this is a great thing for a lot of people and it's really helped them? Because I just don't know. And she said she didn't know where anywhere either. Uh, I, I gave her my contact information. I told her, please find them and send it to me. And I haven't heard anything. That was like six months ago. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think there's a lot of support for this being a good, healthy thing for people. Um, it reminds me a lot of what uh, James says in James 1, 13 through 14. Hmm. Um, he, he says, Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Have, having this inner feeling of, of gender dysphoria, I don't think it's a sin to have gender dysphoria. To say, hmm. okay, I, I, on the, I, internally I feel the opposite of what I am. Now, Acting on that desire, I think, is a sin, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in whatever that is, in indulging it or in going through with um, with uh, hormone changes or sex reassignment surgery or things like that. But we all have weird desires, and who knows where they come from, right? We all have sin. We talked about this with homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. But, but when we act on our desires, James says, then it, when, that's when it's conceived and gives birth to sin, Right and sin, when it's fully grown, brings death. And transgenderism seems to be a sin that brings really fast death. And this, and yeah. to be honest with you, it's the, it's the same lie that Satan's been telling people from the beginning. God's holding out on you. You could have had something better, and he's a real jerk for for messing things up or for creating you wrong or for giving you these feelings or whatever. Yeah, and you need right. to go out and you need to make your own reality. You need to make you know your own way. Your, you need to make your own truth. Mm. That that's exactly the lie that the transgender person is believing. It's this, it's the same yeah. same thing. No, it, it is, and so that's that's kind of when you look at this. Uh, you got to remember too that it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless. It, no, that we can make a difference. You can make a difference in listening to this. If you you have transgender friends in your life, or if you know someone, be their friend. Care about care them. about yes. them, love them, and then share the gospel with them. Yep, and and next week we're gonna have a whole episode because sometimes I feel like it's it's so sorry. Not sometimes I feel. Sometimes I think. That's what I want to say. Right. Sometimes I think <laughs> <laughs> that it's it's really easy to say. Here's here's what the Bible says. It's easy to say. Here's logically why this makes sense. But what do we ask as Christians? What's our approach to loving our transgender neighbor? What's our approach to loving our homosexual neighbor? Right, because we're called to love our neighbor, and it doesn't define which kinds of neighbor. It just says neighbor, right? Yeah, right. So if we're supposed to go out and love them, what does that look like? What does loving them mean? How how do I show empathy? How do I show care? How do I build a relationship with somebody who I disagree with uh, on on some big issues? And next week's episode, that's all it's going to be about is practically what do we do? How can we love people who are struggling with homosexuality or struggling with transgenderism, yes, gender yes. dysphoria? Um, because I think that that is where the rubber meets the road, right? We need to first of all. We need to know what we think, right? right? And not right. become captive to false philosophy. No, that's, that's important. That's, that's why we yeah. had this. But man, it's really important also to know not just what do I think, but what do I do? Mm, yeah, applying apologetics. Yeah, and the truth of it is, the applying part's harder because mm -hmm. it, it's messy. No, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm it uncomfortable is. with it. I, 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 
I personally, I don't like conflict or even having to deal with a conversation with people disagree with me, but you know what? I, I mean, not a lot of people do. That's yeah. the thing you got to think about. And if it's not loving to avoid these conversations with people when you know that <laughs> you're sharing the truth with them and you're sharing mm-hmm. the gospel and you're loving them through that. Yep. But even as you share the truth with them, yeah. right, if they if they don't agree and they don't want it, how right. do you continue to build a relationship? Right. Yeah. What can you do? And all of that kind of stuff gets really tough. But that's what we're going to talk about next week, right? Like, should you go to a gay wedding or not? Mm-hmm. How can you love the person down the street who who's in a same-sex relationship and they have adopted kids, right? I mean, th- these right. these real things, like what do we do as Christians? How can we show love and how can we be salt and light in hopes of changing our culture, mm-hmm. sharing the gospel with people, helping them see who Jesus is? And um, man, those, those practical things are just, they're not as easy as here's our apologetics arguments and here's what yeah. the Bible says. Well, That's the easier side, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that is our goal of the podcast is we, we want to equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and to be confident in their faith. And mm-hmm. a part of that is also by applying it. And so now, uh, as we've been finishing up this series for Pride Month in June on uh, um, different reasons why uh, there's issues with, with the truth of homosexuality and transgenderism. Uh, we want to take this next week's episode and help you guys uh, think through how you can apply the knowledge that, you, that mm-hmm. you've gotten from these past few podcasts. So uh, again, we, we just really hope that this has been beneficial to you in your uh, progress towards loving your homosexual neighbors and uh, transgender people around you and uh, knowing biblical truth and how to apply it. Definitely. And if you want to if you want to read up more on the transgender issue, a couple of books that I recommend. I mentioned one earlier, but um, it's it's called When Harry Became Sally by Ryan T. Anderson. Uh, Just a phenomenal book on this issue. So great. I can't recommend that highly enough. Another one is God and the Transgender Debate by Andrew Walker. It's a very good uh, book on how do we as Christians um, love these people and and go out of our way to show kindness towards people who struggle with gender dysphoria. And then there's a chapter in um, A Practical Guide to Culture by John Stone Street and Brett Kunkel that talks about transgenderism, uh, and it's very, very helpful. Yeah, we had Brett Kunkel on the show. Yeah, he was on the show a couple of months ago. So, um, yeah, definitely such such a good book, Navigating uh, – it's called A Practical Guide to Culture, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. Right. Um, so those three books, Ryan T. Anderson's book, Andrew Walker's book, and John Stone Street and Brett Kunkel's book are really helpful when it comes to this area. I can't recommend them highly enough. Hey, if you haven't already, um, join our Facebook group. Uh, yeah, we would right. love to hear from you on there, answer questions, dialogue. It's just a place where we can uh, get to know you a little bit better and make this more personable. Um, also in the group, the CCNC Insiders group, we're ex- we're um, putting out all this exclusive content. Yes. We've actually already put out a whole uh, podcast episode that's only for people who are insiders. So if you'd like access to that, uh, go on there and ask to join the group. Uh, we're going to make you write us a review on iTunes to be part of the group, but that's really the only stipulation. Yeah, and then you can be in. Easy. Yeah, and you can get access to all this exclusive content. Yeah, so please go ahead and do that. And uh, if you haven't already, uh, follow us on our other social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. And again, feel free to send us any questions you may have about this podcast or any topics related to apologetics in general. And you can send us a direct message for those questions to any of our social media platforms or an email directly to ChristCultureCoffee at gmail.com. Yeah, well, thanks so much for being with us today. And again, make sure you listen to the show next week as we talk about practical ways where we can love our LGBTQ neighbors. Yes, thanks. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.